0: Hello and welcome to the BrickHave Blitz, the show where we are so damn close to football. It's finally going to happen. It's like we're not even just like preseason fuck arounds anymore. It's legitimately like we are so close to it. And um, I cannot wait. I'm hyped, ready to go. Let's do this. I'm your host, as usual, the Unusual Greg, Unusual underscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. Joining me, as always, is the man that gets me out of bed in the morning. Uh, the man who puts me to bed and just uh, just. Drives me insane, but keeps me sane. Uh, Smittigus, how are you?
1: Smitt, what are you doing? Nope, 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 not there. Okay,
0: right, well, gotta sort this out then. Hey, Smitt, it's, uh, it's Greg, how are you doing? I'm in Wales! Greg, you need to get the warning. Anyone, anyone, just get the warning out. The crabs, they're invading! They want blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. You, we've got a podcast to record. You know that, right?
2: Of course I know about that podcast. But the queen, the queen of the crustaceans, she's risen. I, I,
0: I don't care. It's, it's like you almost don't care about me. What's going on? Like, what's... The crabs! Don't you dare take that time with me. But
2: the crabs!
0: Fine, fine. I'll grab... Uh... These two, then. These two that just so happen to be in the call, and you're not here. Okay? Bye. I'm hanging up on you. Ah! Boys, introduce yourselves. We'll go alphabetically, if that makes it easier for you two.
2: <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, that will be me, then. Uh, hope... My name's uh, Antonio. Uh, I play for the League Miners, and I'm a Giants fan. i
1: um... Mitchell, I also play for the Lee Miners. I am also a Giants fan. Oh. Well, this
0: is going to go interestingly then. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, it's good to have you guys on the podcast. Uh, First time, hopefully, not the last time. Um, So let's start where, you know, with Britball, I love the the, the idea of being involved in all that kind of stuff. So the Lee Miners, uh, you both play for the teams. Quickly, just let us know. Uh, what position you play and how you think the season went, uh, what your expectations were and how you lived up to those.
2: Uh, okay. I guess I'll go first. So I play uh, safety. to um, back in general, but mainly take snaps at safety uh, in terms of the year. So we went four and four, went to the playoffs f- for the first time and lost to Surge in the playoffs, who we'd already played twice during the regular season. Yeah. Um, we and Mitch know each other from before the team. We were friends and joined the team together. And this is our first year with the team. Um, I don't really remember having many expectations. I didn't know what to expect from the season uh, as it was my first year involved in playing. Uh, and obviously with it being a new team in the random division that I hadn't looked at that much. I didn't know what to expect, but as the season went on, not so sure that 4-4... Four and four is what I thought was going to happen whilst being in it. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, when you say you think the four and four weren't what you expected, do you expect them to be a little bit of a, a lower down team? Did you expect them to be a bit higher up when you when you kind of got into it?
2: I think at the beginning of the season, uh, we had a, a couple of preseason games. Uh, One against. Lancaster Uni mm-hmm. uh, and one against uh, Lancashire Wolverines and we beat the Uni uh, but it wasn't convincing and obviously it was first game and it yeah. looked a bit weird uh, and then Wolverines we, we lost to we started the season off we won at first and then we got slightly dismantled by yeah. Uh so then I thought well this is going to be a not so good season uh, but then gradually we started moving there was a couple of scheme changes and uh, I started feeling like bar was was raised, and that it wasn't going to end up being a five hundred or sub five hundred year, and then yeah. it just kind of ended off, ended up trailing off, uh, and I think we left a couple of, couple of wins out there this year.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. I a tackle. Um, I feel when we were we were sort of looking to join a team, like Tony said, we played, we we joined at the same time. We, we had a look at, like, obviously, geographically where we were, uh, what teams were around us. Um, really, it was down to, like, Lancashire or the Lee Miners. Um, did quite a bit of research, to be fair, before we decided to give the Lee Miners a go. Um, and just saw a new team that have obviously got big aspirations. Um I sort of thought thought it'd be a chance really for us to get in at a good stage for the team and ourselves being, well, myself being a rookie, never played a snap of mm-hmm. football ever. Um, I thought it'd be the per- the perfect team sort of to get going with. Um, pre-season, like Antonio said, Lancaster wasn't really convincing. Um, I sort of had us down as maybe a sub-500 team at that point. Uh, played Lancashire, which was my first snaps in any sort of a game. Um yeah, yeah. I can't remember what we were up by at um at half time. But we were quite a bit better than Lancashire on the field <laughs> in the first half. Um, and it was at that point where I sort of saw uh, a Div one team in Lancashire struggling against against us. Thought maybe we could actually be like a surprise package for the season Um, and yeah we played the first game against Lincolnshire which nobody had us winning Um, and we won it was not a obviously none of the games are ever easy but it wasn't it wasn't like a a game where we really had to sort of perform if that makes sense it was uh, it wasn't a close game we went ahead early Stared ahead, um, yeah. and that was when I sort of thought, well, actually, if Lincolnshire were going to be one of the teams that everyone has as like one or two, coming first or second. And there's a chance, really, we could be be one of those two teams. Instead, we could possibly be first or second. Looking at maybe going going out of the season with six wins, and then yeah, we've had a couple of close close defeats, one to Shropshire, which uh, I thought we should have won. And then want to Surge, which I thought we could have and should have maybe won as well. Mm. So, yeah, a couple of wins out there, really. Yep, we've left out.
0: I always love that in the when you, when you get going on a team sort of thing. You're thinking, right, we're going to set the expectations for the year. Oh, we're doing a bit better than we are. You find yourself getting involved and getting hyped up by that. Because I remember when I played for uh, the Uni of Lincoln and we had this amazing win i think we blew out a team like 30 something points to nothing and everybody in the locker room was really hyped really great we got put uh top of the power rankings everybody in the uh, in the group chat was hyping us up like we're gonna go to this team and we're gonna blow them out again we're not gonna stop we're not gonna stop and then we got our asses handed to us and One of the coaches, he said, like, let's not get carried away. Let's not do this. Literally pulled us to the other side um, after that loss and said, see what I said? Don't get too big for your boots. Like, you know, you just can't get, like, carried away by this. You know, we beat one team. Yes, we've got to beat the next team. We've got to beat the next team. We've got to put in the work. We can't get carried away. Each team is going to bring different challenges. Um, I'm going to say, like, I just like the idea that, you know, you're just like, right, okay set the expectations sub 500 okay here we go here we go uh and you just get carried away by that kind of like momentum and i, I say like it's something i probably probably all fall victim to but i just love that it's still still prevalent um
2: it's all natural we oh, the, maybe, uh, yeah. we, uh, oh we should have be wolverines and then we beat bombers and everyone's like oh sound okay well we're undefeated uh let's let's see what the ring looks like at the end of the year it <laughs> exactly like, it's so easy to get carried away
0: oh yeah you're already you're already measuring that up like what finger Absolutely. one look best yeah. on <laughs> ring
2: <sizes>. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't happen. no ring no ring this year
0: so interesting like you you both wanted to join i'm guessing you both wanted to join the same team because you were both looking together um, how long had you been kind of uh, like fans of NFL for before then actually seeking out a ball team in in the UK?
2: So, oh God, um, Odell's rookie year. That's all I remember. Uh, yeah, that's when I started following it. I, we used to go to New York every year um, with my family, and I just got caught up in full mannequins with the with the helmet, the gloves, it looked cool, it's all over TV. Uh I had Madden mobile on my phone that I was playing and I ended up packing like a team of the week old El Beckham card and I'd just throw a, a vertical to him every play and score. And then <laughs> that's how it started. And uh since then it's just snowboard and snowballed and, and and then I'm putting on a helmet myself and uh like I'm helping out with, with coaching with the academy and stuff like that and it's it's weird but by a while I've been following the sport now.
1: Yeah. I I've always described myself as, as more of a casual NFL fan anyway. I think my first memory of NFL watching the NFL, um being a Giants fan was the Super Bowl where uh Cruz caught a touchdown for the Giants. That's my first real memory for mm. as, as a as a Giants fan. Um just being a casual watching it every now and again. Um always found myself just watching watching the Giants, and um, mm. gradually as I've played different team sports and gone into that, sort of grown into the NFL a bit more and grown into American football a bit more, um, which has sort of reached like its pinnacle at the minute this year yeah. for me.
0: So let's talk about the Giants then. Let's move on to both of your teams. Um, like, What did you think of the 2022 th- season? Um, how do you think it went for you? Like, in the grand scheme of things. Um, and then where have you seen, have you seen something you like in where you're progressing for the 2023 season?
2: Do you want to say this one first?
1: I'll take it first. Yeah. Um, I thought last season we uh, overperformed almost. Um, I don't, didn't really rate the side. Don't really rate Jones at all at QB. Um mm-hmm. Darewell's given us a system with and I think we've just we've we've over overachieved really last season, that'd be my view on it. Um Yeah. I'm don't get me wrong, I'm hoping that we can do the same again this year, it'd be class. Um yeah. I'm hoping Jones might might be able to throw for a few more yards, a few more touchdowns. Um But other than that, I think if we can Finish anywhere close to where we've done last season. I think that'd be a successful season for the Giants. Hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think we definitely overperformed last year. Um, wasn't expecting much coming into the season, and it, I mean, it was great—the unbeaten run or the uh, the run of just a lot of wins. But I knew I didn't get too caught up in it. I knew that it was going to crumble. Uh, we would scabbed a couple of wins, but the team wasn't strong enough. Uh mm-hmm. can you go with it? Let's just let's just put that out there. As soon as he's one of you guys going into the season, I was like, This is this is done for. Let's just start looking at prospects for next year's draft. Um so yeah, we massively overperformed. It was nice, uh being able to do something, new system, new coach. We're not doing another no judge uh season yeah. and we're gonna end up going backwards. So it's it's positivity to build on. Uh, hopefully we'll be a lot better this year. Maybe not in terms of record, because the record was was fine, but it was serviceable. Uh, but maybe in terms of actually having quality and being a, a good team with good personnel. Hopefully we step step forward this year. Okay, okay.
0: I mean, they've made some good moves uh, from what I, you know, I think that the, the big one is going to be Darren Waller. I think getting him from the, the Vegas Raiders I, I'm, I say I'm not sure why they let him go. Um, but I think that's a that's a big pickup for for them over the season. Um, what's been your most exciting kind of sign in either in the draft or free agency?
2: Um, I'm a I, I love cornerbacks. Love cornerback. So okay. uh, Deontay Banks. I was doing all my pre-draft stuff. I was big into it, and he was he was so high on my list. I loved him as a prospect. I was like, there's no way he falls. There's no way he falls. So us getting him was was huge for me. Uh, and like you say, the yep. the wall of trade. It's it, it, it's is he going to get hurt? Is he going to be all right? But if he is all right, then it could be it could be huge, and it could completely change the mm-hmm. offense. So what one of those two definitely.
1: Uh, for me, it's probably going to be Hyatt, I think, when me and Tony will, me and Tony will watch the draft at the same time together. Um, Hyatt came out of absolutely nowhere for us as a as a pick. None of us had really considered him. Um, sort of like an unknown entity for us because we never really considered him, never really watched anything of him. I'm really excited to see how he performs. Um, it's quite a bit, I wouldn't say too much, but there's quite a bit of hype around him. Um, given these just pure straight line speed, is he going to be electric? Is he going to be? Is he going to be that deep threat for us this year? Who knows? I'm excited about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd say like if if you got you know even even a serviceable QB, you've got a good you know offense to to that could take advantage of certain situations. And say like it's it's not like you've got the worst defense in you know in the NFL history. So, um, yeah, I'm. I'm I'm gonna be watching the Giants with a little bit of anticipation. Um, I mean, they're. I say it's gonna be hard to take on the Eagles. Um, cool. You know that that's that's just. A, that's I, I think they wrap up the division. Absolutely agreed. Yeah, uh, I think the Cowboys have improved from their last year's kind of setup, um, and the Commanders are just the Commanders. They'll they'll, they'll implode. You know when when it really counts. So yeah, I think I think it's basically just trying to do what you did last year and trying to make sure you have a good enough record to get that that wild card spot um, and and see where we where we go. Exactly.
2: It's all on Daniel Jones this season. We're gonna finally, hopefully, yeah. we can finally decide. I know I know me and Mitch aren't big DJ guys, uh, but it seems to be split down the middle. Oh, well a little bit more now the fan base are uh, a little bit warm to him after last year big year yeah. for him I mean if he can't do it this year then is he going to be able to do it
0: yeah yeah this this is the thing i say I think this is the closest thing he'll ever have to you know a career defining year um, in terms of you know if he doesn't if, if he doesn't come out as a serviceable QB you know the old anti-Dalton scale sort of um, that that high end brought up last time, and I say, I just think, is he going to be that new scale? Is he going to be this? Is he better than you know 16 other QBs or even 32 other QBs? Uh, 31 other QBs. Um, I say, I, I it's, it's going to be put on the table this year for definite. Um, and we'll find out, you know, if the Giants then go right. 2024 draft. Let's find our next franchise QB or or something similar. Be a
2: good year to do it. It looks like a strong class coming out. Uh, mm. So, I mean, definitely, he's got to he's got to use it or or lose it because there's some people coming out yeah. that I think will excite everyone at draft time. If you've got one of those, even middling quarterbacks, people just get excited and go, "Hang on, there's there's loads of them this year that might do a bit. Let's let's maybe pick one up."
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'll say from from what I'm hearing, yeah, the next year's QB class, you you got some uh, some good picks, some deep, a, a deep roster sort of thing. Um, fantastic. I'm really um really loving this. Really loving this. Um, talking of QBs, uh, I don't know if you guys have read the news articles we posted, um, but the Patriots have an interesting QB room uh, at the moment. Um, they have dropped every QB apart from their their guy i say i i can't even believe it it's they they've they've cut bailey zappi and they've cut malik Tunningham. how do you go into uh, i say i I mean not expecting that to stay more than this week maybe they've got some guys that they intend to put on ir and then bring somebody in or they sign in you know to the to the practice squad and going from there but how can you go into week one of a season with just Mac Jones?
2: Uh, I mean, that's the question. Even if he was a top, top yeah. quarterback, I think people would be saying, OK, but what if he gets hurt? What if he just has an off offseason? Exactly. It's not. It's Mac Jones. Let's not pretend they've got Pat Mahomes or Josh Allen. Uh, Malik no. Cunningham, again, showed some flashes it's something different that they could use i didn't exactly get that especially when he was also taking reps at, at receiver it, it's a useful guy to have around yeah. and i mean zappy weird one i think i'm sure he's got through the waivers and he's now resigning for the practice squad i think that's the latest but i don't know how he's made it through yeah. waivers either how, how does no one pick this guy yeah. up
0: i i agree with you i say we got some some weak situations. Um, you know, we've already mentioned them, the commanders, I'm not hundred percent sure even what their QB situation is. Um obviously uh, there's there's some some rules to 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 kind of explain. Um, injury reserve lists. Obviously the, the cut down was Tuesday. If somebody is put on the injured reserve list before the cutoff, they are out for the entire season. If you put on after the cutoff, you are only half-forced to miss four games. So there is an argument right now that they're going to, you know, they've got some guys on that 53-man roster that they want to put onto injured reserve, but obviously don't want them to miss the whole season. The Packers have the same situation um, from what I was looking at. Um, They don't have a long snapper on their squad at the moment, but they're expecting a couple of guys to go on injured reserve so they can miss the four games and then they'll sign their long snapper back. Um, Even so, you would expect a roster slot to be there definitely for your backup QB. Of
2: course. course. There's got to be a plan. There's got to be something. Belichick's going to go up and we'll all go, oh, how ridiculous of us. I don't know if he's going to spit in his hand, and uh, make Tom Brady come back, I'm not too sure. Uh, that's obviously not going to but...
0: happen. Oh, no, he, he's, he's a raider but, now. But he's a raider. He doing? Is he going like... to put the
2: helmet on himself? Um... No.
0: You can't retire what... three times. Wait, wait, okay? what's he, what is... is he
2: doing? What is he doing? There'll be a plan, but no one knows. It doesn't make any sense to us, but we're just mere mortals, okay. I guess.
0: I mean, compared to Belichick, absolutely. absolutely. Um... Mitch, out of the two of them, Zappi or Cunningham, uh, which would you expect to see in that uh, that
1: second spot? I'd probably go with Zappi to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think um, there's probably a bit more consistency with it in terms of Zappi yeah. going on instead of Cunningham. And especially in your backup QB, I think that's what you need the most out of him is just a bit of consistency.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm going say, I think in the in the games he came into last year, he uh, yeah, he, he kind of looked decent enough um, to, to be a service or backup, um, even potentially fight Jones for the starting position. Um, have him. Do you think we could see a scenario where they bring all three onto the active roster? To do a sort of Marcus Mariota, like you're going to come on, and then we're going to do some weird wildcat situation, and then we're just going to try and run some kind of confusing offense. Or do you think that's that kind of tactics below Belichick?
1: Um, I don't think you. I don't think that's where they'll come to. I think they'll probably just sign the one. um, Yeah. And go from there. And I just, it's a bit far. It's a bit far out there, isn't it? Really, to go go and get all three now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I just I'm just thinking. I say you want you want one of your backup QBs to be exactly that—the backup QB. But with Cunningham taking snaps at wide receiver, all that kind of stuff, um, and we've seen you know the versatility of some players come through. Christian McCaffrey is one that immediately comes to mind. You know when you can play him in quite a few different places, and you just know he can go do stuff. Um, I think you know with that, especially with the way some teams are running their offenses, like. Trick plays are, you know, almost a, a a good currency at the moment. Having that QB that can also be a wide receiver knows that room. um You can kind of do some creative stuff there. But I just don't see the Patriots running that kind of offense now. It could be as a because we are so used to the pocket passer offense of the Patriots. But I say I think that'd be quite a quite a cool, quite an interesting take.
2: I agree. Uh... <laughs> he might do it. Uh, Belichick, I don't know how long he's got left, but he might just oh, how about this? Let's try this. Let's pull some stuff out of the bag that we've not used in a long time. And mm. um, I mean, I know that he's a massive fan of Lamar. Uh, so, maybe he was looking at someone like Lamar and thinking, what would I do with someone who could run around a bit like that? Now, obviously, um, Malik's not Lamar, but uh, he, no, he may no. just go, yeah, let's bring him back. Let's put in some crazy offensive sets where Nobody knows where this guy's going to line up. And I think that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, when you say he's a big fan of Lamar and whatnot, I just think back to the time he had Cam Newton and they just could not get an offense really going, especially in the the way Cam wanted to run an offense sort of thing. Um, But I say, Lamar is probably uh, considered at least an upgraded version of Cam.
2: Yeah, Cam's a weird one. He's a bit of a canon uh, and I don't think anyone really knows what they were going to get or will mm. get with Cam. So I'm not surprised he didn't fit into yeah. what's considered and known as quite a rigid and like strict yeah. scheme detail place in in the Patriots.
0: So, I'm just looking up uh the Trey Lance picks. I wanted to move on to the Trey Lance stuff. Um... I couldn't remember because they, they they traded three picks to the Dolphins for Trey Lance.
2: Like one was one ended up being Chubb.
0: Yeah, I remember it being Waddle. So from what I can tell, it was Chubb, Hill and Waddle that they packaged picks together to to trade for and, and draft. Um, yeah. So the Trey Lance has Trey Lance has now been traded to the Cowboys for a fourth round pick? The 49ers gave up a load of picks. The Dolphins gained from that. How badly, and I say the answer is very in my head, how badly are the, the 49ers looking for this? Like, if, from the franchise point of view, from just a general management point of view? Oh. view
2: Absolutely terrible.
0: Yeah.
2: For someone like Trey Lance as well. I mean, some some people, you can understand it, some big busts, like the Darnold pick, but everyone was sure of Darnold. Darnold looked great. He had all these. Trey Lance Mm. had, what, one year at North Dakota State. Yes, he played great, but in a a Farmers League. And then he had like a COVID year, cancelled, and then you take him that high. it, It was way too high at the time. And... It's just not worked out for them at all. And I think I think there's a slight silver lining where they now look and go, OK, but our starting quarterbacks like a seventh-round pick. And it's, so it's, it's, it kind of evens out. It's not that bad. So that's the only thing that they've got pulling mm. for them. But, I mean, if, if someone's looking at that and seeing what yeah. the Dolphins got, you've got to just put in your hands and eye for a bit, I think.
0: Anything to add, Mitch?
1: Um, I mean, it's... It's not going to be good to look at from a a 49ers fan's point of view. Um, I'm also interested to see what the Cowboys will actually do with Trey Lance. I think he'll probably play as a backup. So it's not a fourth-round pick. It's a steal for someone like Trey Lance. But obviously, it's what they're going to do with him as well. That that fourth-round pick, we might end up looking at it thinking, well, he's not even done anything at the Cowboys. So... It's only time will tell with what Trey Lance ends up doing. Um, mm. But again, yeah, as a from a 49ers fans point of view, you're not going to be excited, especially seeing what what the Dolphins got with all all the capital that they gained.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I I always say that the the Trey Lance pick was a weird one, uh, considering that Shanahan kind of offense. It never, to me, suited the idea that a Scrambling passer was gonna gonna stay in that kind of setup, and it really painted the picture of where they were when they'd given Lance the the week one start, but they had still kept Garoppolo on on a ridiculous contract to be a, a backup, and that always as soon as soon as I as soon as we went into that kind of season you always thought that something wasn't right there. And then, yeah, he gets injured. They have no choice but to bring in Garoppolo. And then they bring in Brock Purdy and go from there. And I always thought, like, as soon as Brock Purdy started, nobody else was going to take that starting job off of him. Um, and I think when when he started so well, I think that the days were numbered for Trey Lance. I think he was going to come back... You know, and I I genuinely thought he was going to come off the injury list and go immediately to another team, say on draft night, to see what they could get for him. Um, but yeah, I, I had no illusions. Um, but they're in an interesting situation now where a lot of people are tipping um, Sam Darnold to actually start over Purdy. Is do we think that's a kind of temporary measure? If they do start Donald over Purdy, is it kind of like right? We're waiting until Dar, um, until Purdy is fully fully recovered before going into it, or is this going to be right? We're going to let these two battle it out and see who's the best quarterback come uh, you know week three or whatever
1: it is. I think starting start with Mitch, yeah, I think starting Donald would probably probably a safer option. Um, again, I know. Brock I was a massive fan of Brock Purdy last season anyway, but I think he's mm-hmm. still almost a bit of an unknown in terms of yeah. his performances. Yeah, they were great last year, but um, Donald's probably going to be a safer option, especially starting a new season. Um, and then, obviously, most QBs will, will end up finding time, finding time injured at some point, so Brock Purdy can come in if he can replicate what he did last year. Them brilliant. Mm. If it ends up being a bit of a QB fight, I'd love to see Brock Purdy win it. Um, only time will tell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I say he came in with that impressive, what was it, six-game win streak? Um, I'll have to look it up later. But he came in, was only beaten because he got injured, well, say, that we know of. We don't know how that game would have played out otherwise but came in and the only loss they came out with was because he was that injury sort of thing. i say every other time he'd gone out there that they'd came away with a win. We're we're talking to say he's still an unknown, but in this Shanahan offense, he seems the perfect QB. So in my head, when it was like, Oh, you know, don't know whether it's going to be Lance, don't know whether it's going to be Donald, but Brock he's coming in looking. I was like, as soon as, Purdy's back. He's he's back in the offense. In my head, at least.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's quite a quarterback-friendly offense. Um, so I think you will get mm. best out of whoever. Now I know some people have been there and been amazing, but uh, I think I don't think Brock Purdy's an amazing quarterback. I think he's fine, fine to good, and he's in a place that really works mm-hmm. for him. So if there was if Darnold did come in and maybe was showing that little bit more of an arm, a touch, more accuracy, maybe lacking some other bits, then take a shot at it. And I think the upside for Darnold's maybe slightly higher, if you can really crack him. If you can't and both of them are just going to be like on neutral, I think Purdy's the better quarterback. But if you can get both of them to the top of their games, okay. I think Darnold might have slightly higher upside. So that'd be interesting to see if they can get that out of him.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's, he's some of the teams he's been at have not been the well managed machines that the 49ers are. So I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers got more out of him um, because absolutely. of how well they are coached. Fantastic. 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 I love this. Um, I guess we should potentially. Talk about the Jonathan Taylor situation. um Jonathan Taylor requested a trade. He's been put on the pup list, the physically unable to perform. Apparently, um, I say I've I read this briefly before we started recording. Apparently, the Packers were seriously interested. Um, now I say the, the, the Packers running back room, from my point of view, is is good enough. Like I really enjoy, you know, Aaron Jones, AJ Dylan. I think they're a great run in tandem. Would I like to see Jonathan Taylor there? I mean, who wouldn't? He was one of the best running backs of the year, you know, who wouldn't want talent upon talent upon talent. Um, how about you guys? Like, do you see – I mean, obviously, we're probably not going to be trading for him anytime soon because, you know, we need to see where he is after the pup list sort of thing. Um but do you see a team that's desperately crying out for a running back uh, that would potentially go in hard for Jonathan Taylor?
1: I don't think there's a team that that would, unfortunately. I think that we've we've both seen it in terms of the running back market in the last year, especially with what was going on with yeah. Saquon early, uh, last year. Yeah. For some reason, running backs are like the last the last position to really get the money that they mm-hmm. they want to be paid. Um I think the Jonathan Taylor thing saying that he wants to be paid like a top running back getting turned down basically saying that the money's not there. Um yeah. then saying, right, well I want to trade and then saying well we want more than what the deal for McCaffrey was. They're willing yeah. to trade for more than McCaffrey but they're not willing to pay more than McCaffrey. It's I'd feel a bit a bit a bit miffed if I was Jonathan Taylor as well. And absolutely. I think going on the going on the pup list might be more more of a Jonathan Taylor thing rather than him actually being injured. Um okay. I don't think he's been at camp much, if at all. So you'd expect a guy like that to be looking after himself in the off season. Um, just the same as somebody like Josh Jacobs. You'd expect them to be looking after themselves and they've still neither of yeah. them have come back to camp yet. So I don't think he—he's he, probably not injured. He's probably just on the pub list, just so that he's not taking up sort of a, sort of that much room on the roster, sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, Tony, you got anything to add? I mean, I think it's something that they all needed to do this off season because it was I feel like it was going to be at a place where if they didn't all kind of make a stand, kick up a fuss, used to sign long term deals on on all the contracts and and all this stuff now with jonathan taylor then the chance they all get passed by uh you saw pacheco come in last year and Mm -hmm. it was all the rave everyone you you don't need running backs from early rounds you don't need Mm i pick running backs and like jonathan taylor if, if the colts get something out of any of their running backs this year who who can name them that none of them are are, all great players. Who's going to do a bit. Then Jonathan Taylor finds himself in a weird position where, Oh, where even the Colts didn't need me. Okay. Now who's going to pay me? Um, I think, I think he'll need to play to really show his, his worth. Granted, he was fantastic, but a short lifespan. We've seen Levy on bell. He was, best and then he absolutely fell off a cliff so i don't think it's one of those positions where they can afford to go no i'm gonna sit out and everyone can come to me because it will just move on and they will just drop off a cliff at some point
0: yeah i'm glad you brought up the bell situation because again it's one of those situations where he was so prevalent decided to sit out a year because he was like no i'm not gonna risk my health for for a team that doesn't value me. I'll come off and get on a free agency deal and all this kind of stuff. And then, yeah, as you say, like everybody had drafted people in the third, fourth, fifth round, and nobody wanted a, a, an unknown, somebody who wasn't, hadn't got enough tape from the previous year to prove themselves. Um, and as you say, like you, you're very, both, both very correct in the terms of like we have definitely seen a decline in the value of running backs. This year's been one of the very few years of recent history where two running backs have gone in the first round. Um and we're yet to see whether you know Bijan Robertson and Jamal Gibbs will actually do any better than those drafted in those later rounds, um, of which there are quite a few. Um the Saquon situation, especially, I, I find it so weird that a guy that can be such a staple of the Giants team can't even get effectively like, you know, two or 3 million more than, you know, that, 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 um, franchise tag is, I don't know. It's just one of those as Giants fans, how do you view that? Like, is this a betrayal of one of your, you know, your stars, or is this kind of just the way the business is going?
1: I think we offered a contract to the wrong guy. <laughs> I'll say that. But, uh, that's all. I'll, okay. That's all I'll say on that. I'd rather elaborate. Right. I'd rather have no, seen him, him, <laughs> him offered a massive contract to Saquon than, than Jones. I mean, okay, I, yeah. I agree, yeah.
2: but i I love Saquon. He's fantastic. I love him. He's so exciting. As a Giants fan, being able to get mm-hmm. something on offense was was great. In his rookie year, it was amazing, but was I was a bit thin of him. I was what's gonna happen, is he getting hurt all the time? Can we invest this into him? Especially because the Giants mm-hmm. keep doing some wild stuff with Cap. And granted it's getting a bit more under control now, but I didn't want to get locked into a big deal with Saquon for a long time if he couldn't really thrive. So I was I was torn. I mean I agree I would have I would have rather paid Saquon than Daniel Jones. But um it's just what can he do? What we're gonna get out of him? If he has another big injury this year, then that's that Saquon done, and yeah. then we'll be looking at it at the end of the year and going, oh, uh, they were were doing fantastically, and they've done the right thing by not signing him to a long term deal. Because look at us now, when we can move on. Um, but it's a scare with big running backs is people feel a need to commit with them. Whereas this year, I do think Bijan and Gibbs, I think they're going to be really good running backs in the league. Um, I mean, both of them in college, and I know college is college, but they could line up at receiver in the slot or out wide the same as any other receiver and still lose people. They've got good hands, they've got good pass protection, and they're both just unreal on the ball. So about moving into this receiving back and just all-around weapon, instead of we're going to give you the ball and let's on the dick off Lee Minor style. Sorry, don't know if you can swear on this. But um Ah, well fantastic. I literally swore uh, But in the I think first they bring something seconds, so... something different <laughs> and they are going the way that the league's going in terms of running backs. And that's why I'm not mad at value there. But yeah. with Saquon, who knows? It's a it's a bit of a mystery box with them at times.
1: The way the way it panned out as well, I think I think all the running backs maybe chose the wrong year to hold down tools and ex and demand big contracts because the amount of good running backs that come out of the draft was was uh, it it worked it did work against them really.
0: I mean, I say we're saying good running backs they are unproven realistically in you know in the NFL. These guys, I say we're talking Josh Chase with Saquon. They are proven in the NFL. They are proven points winners. They are proven yard gainers, sort of thing. I always, I, I, you know, I that that step up. I know some people will kill me for saying it, but you know, even if it is quote unquote one of the easier positions, you get the ball and run with it. But it's you know that just that kind of that 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 ethos where we've got this guy that we know can do well. We're going to piss him off so he doesn't actually want to be here anymore. And then, you know, we'll look at the prospects for next year and, you know, say B. John Robinson can be, a, you know, he could light the league on fire. There could be an absolute resurgence in, in the value of these kind of guys. But as yet, he's on the Atlanta Falcons and unproven in a, you know, in a, a regular season game. So if, if it were me personally, I would be like, right, you are proven to, to, to be one of our players. You are proven to be a, a an absolute baller. We're, we're going to at least give you decent money and see how you progress this year before going on, on further with you. Even if it's just a one-year contract, one-year contract, one-year contract we're still going to give you a decent amount of money to not fuck you off so that you actually think that want to play sense. for our team. I think
2: they could have, like you said, done the one year, but given them the money to keep them uh, sweet. And that would have maybe worked out better for everyone. Yeah. Teams all got greedy and they had all the power at the time. So,
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I say like in coming off the year where the, the, the salary cap shrank for the first time in God knows how long, I think a lot of teams have been trying to figure out ways of taking the piss with the salary cap. And I'll say the salary cap at best is a completely imaginary number that people can just do whatever the hell they want to to get to where they need to be. And at worst, it's just a joke. I'm going to say I love it in principle, but there are so much, so many ways of undermining it. It's unreal. So if you truly wanted to pay, a player to be at your franchise, yeah. you can yeah. come up with the money.
2: Yeah, you're right. All right, the cap doesn't exist, so they could have shuffled it around and not had uh, no running backs, pissing everyone off all oh, year because they're annoyed. Yeah, you're right.
0: Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, all it takes is adding a couple of void years to that Daniel Jones contract and suddenly you have 20 million in the bank um, to, to, to give to the guy you want punishing his body to go across. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I've i really enjoyed this. I think this has been fantastic. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to bring up? Uh, any news stories? Any, uh, any hot predictions that you got going on?
2: Hot predictions. Uh, the Browns and the... Chargers to absolutely smash it this year I mean I know the Chargers were like a 10 win team last year but uh, the Browns I think I think the mm. Browns going to have a big year and uh, we even win that division Mitch you got anything for us? Oh,
1: anything for you I thought um, Bijan won't break top 10 running backs for the year that's my way for me I think everyone's got him down as like a maybe like a 3 to a 5 but I don't think he'll break the top 10
0: I think that's spicy <laughs> That's so spicy! Oh, I love it! I love
1: it. That's about it for me. Like, Hot
0: no, Oh my god! That no, honestly, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. You've shocked me. You've shocked me because everybody, as, as you say, everybody's you know got him down as the second coming of running back Jesus. And I say, like, uh, I, I enjoy watching this tape, but yeah, okay, fantastic, fantastic. So Browns and Charges to absolutely smash it. And Bijon is not going to take the Falcons anywhere. Okay. Okay. I'm going to hold you guys to that. Um, before we do anything to the, are you guys got anything you want to promote? Any socials that you, you know, want people to follow you on? Or are you just all the, the minors?
2: What else? Up the Limers and the, the Bandits, the Academy. Uh, hopefully get some people uh, known in the scene, in the Academy in the next couple of years.
1: Fantastic. Mitch? I'll just say well, up King Russ. He's, uh, he's unbelievable. I know the coach for the league, Manus James Hayden will love me saying that. He agrees with me wholeheartedly. So uh, up King Russ, And I'll, and I'll that'll, that'll be it for me as a plug. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, the only other thing I want to ask is in terms of the 2024 season, are you guys going to go, you know, nine and seven and one again, or do you think you'll go ten and seven?
2: Give us ten. Got us down for 10. Give us 10, but give us
1: a strong 10. A good-looking 10. Yeah. A strong 10. All right. think eight. eight, maybe seven. I don't think Jones will keep the ball for us that much. Okay. I love it. I love it. This is great.
0: All right. Well, that's been another episode of the Brick Cave Blitz in the bank. And one more till we start actually talking about some proper football. God damn, am I excited. Um, once again, I have been your host, as usual, the unusual Greg, Unusual Unscore Greg on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much to my special guests, Antonio and Mitch of the Lee Miners. Definitely gonna get you guys back on, especially when the Giants either do something fantastically good or fantastically bad. I want to get your takes on it. Um, and we'll definitely have you on um, you know, to to do some kind of like Giants wrap-up now that I know we've got two Giants fans that we can bring on
2: absolutely i'd like
0: to do that nice one nice one nice one well thank you dear audience for listening uh i tell you what guys i'll do my usual go pack go and after that you guys scream brick cave blitz yeah okay so from myself it's a go pack go ciao
2: (laughs) love it (laughs)